And now, a bit of romance. Two girls on a quest to find which rom-com is the best. P.S. I love rom-coms. I love rom-coms. Hello, and welcome to P.S. I Love Rom-coms, the podcast about first kisses, great disses, and romantic misses. I'm Allie. And I'm Mia. P.S. I Love Rom-Coms is a podcast where Allie and I, rom-com aficionados, try to answer the question that keeps us up all night long. Which rom-com is the best rom-com of all time? Joining us today is comedian and host of the popular podcast Mouthfeels and Honey. If she was in a rom-com, she'd be the young woman who finds out she's a princess to a small <laughs> Eastern European country called Genovia or Aldovia or Faketovia. <laughs> Guys, uh, it's the one and only Julia, Julia Meltzer. Meltzer. Hi. 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 Hello. Thank you. Uh, thanks. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you so much for coming on the pod, Julia. We're such a fan of yours. How's your quarantine life and podcasting life been? It's good. I have. I really have to edit a couple of episodes of Honey that I, <laughs> I've had the raw footage for a long time. A long time. <laughs> so are there any Honey listeners listening to this? I'm sorry. It's Honey. <laughs> They're coming. I'm seeing the Instagram messages and hiding from them in shame but these episodes are coming out (laughs) hey it's a hard time Uh, but this brings us to a very good point which is um we start off each episode with a little segment called which rom-com heroine are you channeling uh and we sort of just talk about like based on our experiences this week um we try to pick a hero or heroine that sort of matches up with our vibe so, Allie, do you want to kick us off? Who are, who are you oh, channeling man. this week? <laughs> oh, man. Who am I channeling this week? Okay. This is um, this is, this is is going to be a brag, guys. This is going to be Ooh. a brag. Oh, I, yeah. Guys, I took that quiz that everybody's taking, which is like, which, you know, like TV show slash film character are you? Have you guys <gasps> taken this quiz? Yes. No. Yes. Yes. I took it and guys the character i got was elizabeth bennett <laughs> so, oh my god I know. I know it was like a dream come true like elizabeth bennett like the one of the original rom-com heroines oh my god i and i was like okay i bet everybody gets elizabeth bennett and then i like talked to my mom and she got somebody i think called like friar tuck which is like a cartoon <laughs> character from the robin from hood. robin hood yes yes yeah that's um, a crazy person to get. <laughs> my mom got, and I got Elizabeth Bennett. And so I feel, man. And so ever since then, I've been like, yeah, I am Elizabeth Bennett. I'm kind of like quirky and like independent and like well-spoken. And like, uh, so I've just been really feeling myself. Um, oh my God. Yeah. So that's-, that's who I'm channeling up. I'm so happy for you. And I love that for you. And that fits perfectly, I kind of think. Hey, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Mia, who are you channeling this week? <gasps> okay, so this week, okay, so it, this has been a recent development. It's been like the last maybe like week and a half, but I have done something that I have put off for years and truly thought I would never do. Oh but, the, uh, but the quarantine um, sort of inspired me. I finally got an Instagram 
if a man or a woman wrote the episode. And if a man wrote the episode, I'm like, I don't like it. I'm bored. But if a woman wrote the episode, it tends to be this like very, very romantic portrayal of this like marriage between the time traveler and the Scottish Highlands warrior. Yes. So I guess I'm channeling that time traveler because I'm like deeply in love with this scottish highlands warrior character oh he's he's so hot that's the one when she's back he in is time right so hot yes oh, yeah <laughs> it's that is such a horny show yes <laughs> and i had, I had learned i knew that and i was i was like oh i think this is a sexy show people say this is a sexy show i was not prepared i was not prepared <laughs> It yes. is. <laughs> okay, so I know what I'm watching tonight. I mean, get ready. Get ready. I mean, I'm gonna please, get my please. haggis and a glass of wine and watch some <laughs> Scottish um, Warrior. When you when you watch the wedding episode, like let me know. I oh I might God. just want to watch that episode over and over again. Oh. It was written by a woman, of course. Of course. It is so good. Oh my god. <laughs> You guys, speaking of fantasy, let's get in to Notting Hill. (laughs) Yes. Hooray. Hooray. It's so good. It is so good. So today we watched the 1999 rom-com classic Notting Hill. In this film, William Thacker, played by Hugh Grant, is a travel bookstore owner who lives in the popular London market town, Notting Hill. His normal life is turned upside down when famous American actress Anna Scott, played by the one and only Julia Roberts, appears in his shop. A chance encounter over spilled orange juice leads to a kiss that blossoms into a whirlwind romance. As the average man and the glamorous movie star draw closer and closer together, they struggle to reconcile their radically different lifestyles for a chance at love. This movie was directed by Robert Mitchell and written by the Richard Curtis. Oh my God. Uh, Richard Curtis developed the film while he was lying awake at night. Uh, thinking. Um, <laughs> that's where his idea came from. He was described. He was just laying in bed at night, being like, "What if?" A yeah, supposedly honest. he he was like, "What if I brought Madonna to a family gathering?" That was the thought that popped into his head that he wrote this movie. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, in an interview with GQ though, in 2018, Hugh Grant claimed that the film was based on a real life. Uh, story and was loosely based on a friend of Richard's who fell in love with an extremely world famous person. Um, so th- I think that's always interesting that like Richard Curtis was like, this idea just came to me while I was falling asleep. Yet supposedly he told Hugh Grant that it was based off of a real person. So a little bit of mystery about Ooh. the origins of Notting it's Hill. Gotta be, it's got to be based on a real person. Yeah, I definitely. think so. That's why he would like, he would be like, it just came to me because he doesn't want to out his friend's romance to the tabloids. Yes. Yes. I really hope that even if it's not us, but I hope that in like when he passes and all the people involved pass, that they like let society know who it was about, you know? (laughs) 
<laughs> I hope they do it before they die. I don't need them to die. To do it. <laughs> of course, actually, that's completely fair. And I see that they would not have to die. But that I just want to respect their wishes if they, you know, but even I feel like if, I, if I was like 75, maybe an out of the game, I'd be like, it was me. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. That's more respectful, Mia. Yeah. You, yes. So, yeah, I think you're right in that it should happen while they're alive. So, please, Richards, if you're listening, tell us. Tell us. Um, but you guys, what did you think of the film? So good. I love it. So it's incredibly so good. So good. I was shocked by how much I loved Notting Hill. So, had you guys seen it before? I had seen I it had. once. I'd seen it once. I think I was 10. So oh, I don't think wow. I've seen it since literal childhood. Allie, when did you mm. see it? I saw, I've seen it twice, both during like my sad girl times where, <laughs> I, just, <laughs> where I was really sad. And I, every time I'm always like, oh, I don't, I was like, oh, Notting Hill. I don't, I think it's good. And then I watch it and I'm good. And I'm like, oh, this is incredible. This is such a good film and I tried to think more critically this time and not just be a passive watcher just eating yummy yummy rom-com uh, goodness and I think what makes this film so good is I I don't know I love that Anna Scott initiates every romantic um like encounter it's every kind of like yes. um like kiss and touch and like um, and that she's very much in charge. And I kind of like that, like, kind of reversal of, like, man is kind of, like, a little bit more damsel and distressy. And, like, the woman is more, like, aggressive yeah. in her advances. Um, yes, she has all so the power good. in the situation. She has power, yeah. Totally. Yeah. And she's, like, complicated and at times unlikable, which you just don't see, a, a, like, a lot for women in that time period, which is dope. I think I had... I watched it like around when it came out when I was little and then I saw it on a plane a couple of years ago and I was like, this is incredible. And then having worked in Hollywood and like known actresses, I'm like, she's so good. Like, obviously she is. That's her. She's Julia Roberts. But like her portrayal of this actress who's so kind of like she has to be so guarded and she's yes. not she doesn't need anyone to like her except like when she's working you know yes. <laughs> when she's yeah. on camera but when she's just like walking down the street she's like i don't care who likes me um and so yeah i i was like this this is an amazing performance incredible like i've heard the iconic line i'm just a girl standing in front of a boy asking him to love her but I've heard that so many times throughout my life and I've always been like yeah 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 whatever like cute whatever but when she the whole monologue like when she gives it it is like heartbreaking oh, yes incredible yes. amazing Incre performance so vulnerable she's being so, so vulnerable. vulnerable yes because what and he's like telling her no, and she's just smiling and nodding like that's okay. Like it's okay. Yes. Oh my I god! Did it. I did like that's it. a good I choice. 
And she has that line too, where she just goes like, "Fame is just like a thing. Like it's not it's not real. It's not real. Like, it's, not real. Yeah. it's not real." And supposedly Julia Roberts, like that was the line. She like loved the script when she read it, but when she read that line, she was like, "Oh my god, yes, I have to do this movie. It's uh, oh so good." In rom coms, what we're always looking for, right, is like, is it? How is the rom to com ratio? And I have to say, I don't know if I've laughed out loud more. Uh, maybe at <laughs> <laughs> a not a rom com. Maybe it's exactly British funny. people, man. It's British. Oh. They are funny. They're so <laughs> funny. What were what were some of our favorite laugh out parts? One of my favorites uh, was uh, Hugh Grant's in the shop. Julia Roberts comes in. <laughs> you know she's about to basically say, "I love you, Hugh Grant." Um and uh, oh yes yeah and, and that old and that uh there's like a callback of that old shop uh or that old um patron who's like do you have any novels and he's like it's a travel <laughs> yeah. bookstore and he comes back and Hugh Grant is like no get out get not today <laughs> everyone in the bookstore is funny everyone in yeah. the friend group <gasps> is so funny. The so good. The conversation where Bernie doesn't recognize Anna Scott and he's like, oh, terrible life acting. I mean, the last film, how much did you make? And she's like, $15 million. <laughs> he's like, That's good then. So it's, it's just like the immense care that was taken where all of the individual scenes almost feel like really incredibly written sketches. My favorite is the horse and hound bit. it's so funny and bizarre and it's like it's like hugh grant basically is going to visit the movie star in her hotel room and gets mistaken for like press as part of like a junket and he lies and says he's from horse and hound magazine and um it's like already funny on its own they already have to do a bit where they talk about horses when someone else is in the room and then you think it's over and then in just the best twist in the world, he's leaving. And then Julia Roberts is like handler is like, oh, now you can talk to the rest of the actors. And he has to keep doing it. And I was like, this is too, it doesn't even, like this movie doesn't even have to have this, but it's so funny. It's funny. like above and beyond. Spike is very funny. I think the way oh. Hugh Grant responds to Spike is very funny. <laughs> yes. Yes. Like, uh, being able when he's to, like, and on the phone with the hotel, like begging to connect <laughs> the, him to her room, and he's like, "Imagine the biggest idiot you've ever met," <laughs> just trying to convince the concierge of how stupid Spike is. It's delightful. Some fun facts about the actor who played Spike, who is um, Hugh Grant's problematic flatmate in the movie. <laughs> he went method for uh, <laughs> the role, which is anybody going method for a rom-com? Bless you. Um, bless you. <laughs> bless you. He didn't bathe during the film or he tried not to bathe during the film oh my and God. when they were filming in uh the studio he lived in london and he was like i don't want to drive out to the studio every day so he stayed in a nearby campground to the studio that they were filming and every day when they would pick him up they would pick him up at his tent oh, <laughs> oh my god, my god. Uh, what a guy 
What a guy. Method. And it it worked. He's such a good character. He's so greasy. He's so (laughs) greasy. This movie also does an amazing job with using every little joke that comes back. Like when Spike puts on Hugh Grant's scuba gear. And then uh, they're like prescription goggles. And then Hugh Grant has to wear them in the movie. Yes. Such a good callback. Yeah, it's such a good callback. And the movie is so good at making everything worse. Like it was already bad enough the moment where Julia Roberts' boyfriend played like Alec Baldwin shows up. And it's already so bad. And then Alec Baldwin asks Hugh Grant to clean up the plates. Yeah. And it's (laughs) so brutal. And at the same time, too, he does such a good job making Hugh Grant's character, William Thacker, come out still looking like a good guy. So so often with rom-coms, we like sometimes see the male romantic lead being like an asshole. Mm -hmm. And William Thacker is never an asshole. He's just so kind and so grateful to be dating Julia Roberts or Anna Scott. And it's like, yeah, that's so, it's so grounded and truthful in that aspect. Like, yeah, if you would do that. You would. And he was so kind about taking the plates and garbage from Alec Baldwin. And I, I just, what a lovely, sensitive male lead. Thank yeah. you, Richard Curtis, for that. Thank you, Richard. <laughs> when he makes her, when she shows up after her nudes show up in the UK, when she runs to his apartment after his flat, and he makes her, <laughs> um, he, he gives her a bath and toast. I was like, I am so horny. Oh. <laughs> like, yeah. bath, and toast. Like, <laughs> bath and toast and line running. I'm like, he's so great. Fun fact about that flat real quick. Uh, the blue door of the flat in the movie is Richard Curtis's blue door. He used to live in that flat. Oh my God, Ah. Richard Curtis. Uh You are the guy who calls Richard Curtis's story. Yes, uh, Richard. It was yes. Richard Curtis is the guy who fell in love with an actress. (gasps) That's my, that's my theory. That's my theory. Uh, But uh, supposedly after he moved, uh, the people that then lived in the flat with the blue door, had so many fans of the movie come to Notting Hill to take pictures by the door that they painted it black and then people got really <laughs> mad and then they had to paint it back to <laughs> Oh, that is so funny. Um, got that from yeah. Mental Floss. Uh, I love Mental Mental <laughs> Floss has our backs with rom-coms and I just want to say they thank do. you, Mental Floss. Bless them. Um, you guys, what? can we get into the group of friends in that movie yes because a great group they so were good phenomenal i read in variety um he was saying that part of the inspiration for the movie was he would just have dinner with his friends every week and he just like really wanted to show that friend group him and the director they were like going off of the thought that if you cast a movie it's like 75 percent done so they took they, they took a lot of care in casting those roles they did they such were a good all job. so good yeah I was thinking, so I was watching with my fiance last night, and the (laughs) (laughs) fiance, fiance, the um, the guy who's married to the friend who uses the wheelchair, that guy. When we saw him, my fiance goes, "I was like, we, he's in something." I was like, "Is he an Outlander?" And he goes, "Julia, that's Paddington's dad." <laughs> and I was like, is it? I was like, oh my God, like he put on a lot of weight. Is he 
got older and Justin was like, this Paddington's dad. Yeah. Yikes. Oh my, oh my gosh. And then like the last friend to arrive is in fact the actor who plays Paddington's dad, Hugh Bonneville. And I was like, no, that's Paddington's dad. Oh <laughs> and then I, we were like, what? Uh, 1999, you could have two virtually identical looking white men. <laughs> They look so. I kept getting confused. They're so similar. Yeah, yeah. I I kept being like, one of them is Lord Grantham from Downton Abbey, but I don't know which one. (laughs) (laughs) One is Lord Grantham, and one is a mean priest on Outlander. (laughs) Oh my god! (laughs) I feel like this is a genre that really uh, benefits from amazing sidekick characters. Yes, yes. And I was looking at this, and I was like. Richard Curtis, he must have created so many of these tropes because like the um the side I was the side characters are like so well done. Their history is so rich. Hugh Grant like was in love with the woman yeah. uh, who is now married to his best friend. It, it was like the richest backstory and character games for side characters I've seen. I I loved that moment where it's like, yeah, that he that like this famous woman gets to have like a night of like normalcy. And I love how she's so excited to go to his sister's birthday party because she just wants normalcy. And like, it it does go to show you that like theme of the movie, which is like fame isn't a real thing. Like Julia Roberts is just a person like the rest of them. Anna or Anna Scott's just a person like the rest of them. And like, I don't know, that moment was just so beautiful and rich and that brownie scene of like whose life is the worst and it's like yeah we all have you know not everything is good in our lives we have good and bad and that scene but what you like you know the important thing is just to have people in your life like friends and stuff to help you deal with the bad and also you know celebrate the good God, I love this movie. <laughs> oh my God. And I mean, yeah! I, I I loved when it comes back later when she's like so upset about um the photos and it's like, and and it's like he he doesn't like belittle her or anything, but she's having this moment where she's like out of her mind and she's like depressed, got photos of me in your like apartment. Everything's ruined. Like you have no idea what, what's happening. And he's like, hey, my friend is paralyzed. Like my sister is like heartbroken. Like, like um real shit is happening to people and like uh like sort of bringing in that like real world perspective to her of like yeah yeah, and it's like and it's like well everybody has problems and like yours aren't more important than other people that doesn't mean like your problems aren't important but like yeah exactly problems um in that scene when they're fighting right by the door i noticed for the first time he you know she goes those newspapers will last forever i will regret this forever and he goes uh, i see what i on the end will feel the opposite and it's so sweet and <gasps> oh i i notice for the first time that it seems like after he said that she's about to totally like do a 180 and be like you're right i'm so sorry for a second and then the doorbell rings again and it's like (gasps) the publicist or whatever and they and she did you guys notice that little moment yes because i didn't i didn't i didn't realize that she was gonna do a 180 but you're 100 right because it's like and I, I think that's so on theme because it's like she keeps almost opening herself up to this real relationship. And then every time it fails, it's because her career and her fame intervenes. 
So it's like she she was, yeah, when it's like Alec Baldwin coming back or, yeah, like her having to leave. And that is like a great version of that too, where she's like about to be like, you're right, you're real. And then the doorbell rings and it's like, oh, your fame is intervening again. Something I'll say about what, why I think this is also a really great rom-com is the, the conflict, you know, the thing that is keeping the two people apart is kind of big. You know, she is like, they have very, very different lives and like very different lifestyles. And like a large part of it is Anna realizing that like, I, I have to, you know, take myself out of this like crazy machine that is like Hollywood and realize that I am just a person. She's just a girl, you know, standing in front of a guy. But I think that's such a great kind of unique conflict. Such a good movie. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny that like with rom-coms, you think of things as cliche where it's like, oh, Notting Hill seems like a cliche rom-com just because of how canon it is. And then watching it, I was like, I was like, this isn't, Um, like a rom-com that has tropes, you know, that happens to have a good story. It's like, this is an amazing story. And it's in, it's like inventing the rom-com tropes in the story, you know, where it's like the supportive group of friends that are obsessed with your love life. Right. It's such a common thing, Mm -hmm. but it's like, it's just, just, it's Richard Curtis's life. And I was like, I was like, I'm getting chills even thinking about it where I'm like watching this movie. I was like, I am watching the tropes be created in this movie well the trope too of like that like really like fun intimate like friend group like Richard Curtis kind of like created that or like started started that like or honed that trope really well in four weddings and a funeral which was his like first big breakout film where he worked again with Hugh Grant and they like discovered that they that Richard could write Hugh's voice really really well which is so funny you say that because the whole time I was watching it, I was like, this makes so much sense because Bridget Jones is one of my favorite rom-coms. And it reminded me so much of Bridget Jones. And then it turns out that, of course, Richard Curtis wrote the screenplay for Bridget Jones. Yes, because Richard, Richard has- Curtis has written everything you like. like <laughs> <laughs> it's he, true. He wrote, he wrote Love Actually. I mean, yes. this guy was a genius. He invented the, it's like he's such an artist because he he invented the ensemble rom-com that everybody copied after. Love Actually is like, I feel like the first really big one where it's like eight different people and it all intersects. Uh, uh, yes, yeah. <sighs> um, He also wrote About Time. Have you guys watched that? <gasps> so good. I haven't Actually, seen, that reminds me of a, of a point I want to make, which is I feel that soon we will be ready for a remake of Notting Hill. <gasps> and yes. I want to see Donald Gleason do the Hugh Grant part very, Ooh. very badly. Yes. <laughs> Wait, Donald Gleason? Wait, oh, Don- Wait a minute. Oh, this guy. Yes. From Rob. <laughs> Did you just look him up on Wikipedia? I'm I'm the resident Wikipedia person that I don't know. Oh my god, he would be so good. Uh, Who would who would we want for Anna Scott? Oh, it's a great question. It's so hard. American actress, man. Okay, maybe Florence Pugh because she's like (gasps) blowing up right now. Oh, she's she's so great. Yeah, 
And she has a little edge to her. Yeah. Like it has to be someone like who can be funny, but who has some edge. Totally. What about like Tessa Thompson? Yes. Oh, Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, my God. That would be on. That would be so horny. (laughs) 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 That movie would be so sexy. I'm I'm so on board. Richard Curtis, if you're listening, three girls are willing to consult on casting. (laughs) (laughs) The things that are keeping Julia Roberts and Hugh Grant apart in the movie are like actual obstacles. Like he cannot reach her at her hotel yeah is like security is preventing him from going there like he doesn't it's not like you know i think um we get kind of like bored or fatigued by rom-coms where it's like they're always running into each other but they're just bickering with each other or whatever it's like they are they both genuinely want to be together and the problems are coming externally and i to me that makes like that makes it a true rom-com. I kind of, that clicked for me when I watched Crazy Rich Asians. And I was yes. like, no, they just always love each other. Like, there's not yeah. a problem within their relationship. It's external problems that are keeping them apart. And I think that's the difference between, like, what makes a true rom-com that we love to watch and, like, a maybe funny movie about a relationship that is more complex, you know? Yes. Totally. Yes. Because I do think those are the most, like, yummy rom-coms. Are yes, like, yummy yes. is a great word. <laughs> yummy. Yes. Because you want to see the two leads, like, just love each other and be excited to be around each other. And uh, they, you're right, because there are so many where they, like, bicker. And it's like, do they hate each other or do they really like each other? And it's like, yes. or what if we just see two people that are really kind to each other um, <laughs> and care for each other? And you're right, too. Like, there's the fact that she has such a crazy schedule. Um, and, uh, you know, it's so it's hard for him just to get seven minutes with her even is so true but like those seven minutes are really special you know what this also makes me think about i've been you know talking to my whatever people that i work with other writers producers and talking about rom-coms and maybe a year ago my take was kind of like we don't the world is so complex and relationships between men and women are now so complex that we don't like a simple rom. It's like, it's just, it doesn't ring true. Those like where they just like each other (laughs) and they end up together. Like it doesn't ring true anymore. But now like maybe a year later, I don't know. I'm like, no, we have an appetite for that again. Like we just want to see something like simple that makes you feel good. Like, yes. <laughs> who cares if it doesn't ring true? <laughs> yes. And what's so funny is it's like some of like the absolute titans of rom-com writing, they, they don't have the fantasy love life in real life that they're so good at portraying. Like Nora Ephron was married three times. And then Richard Curtis is, it's actually very sweet though. He's been with the same woman for 30 years and they have four children, but they were never married. It's like a good reality check where it's like, oh, these people that are so good at um, writing these stories may not necessarily, and I don't want to 
say anything about his relationship because maybe like you know maybe it is like yeah. an amazing like rom-com story no there are no real rom-com story yeah. it's, I, it's so psychologically <laughs> dangerous to think that <laughs> <laughs> any romantic relationship in your life could feel like a rom-com it's <laughs> like so much pressure on it I really believe that a long relationship would never feel like that in a sustained way and then yeah i feel like that's where a lot of discontent in relationship comes from yeah. Tot- totally that's so is- true but 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 <laughs> yes. you guys julia roberts in real life dated a bunch of movie stars was engaged to Kiefer sutherland uh was married to lyle was it lyle lovett um uh, for a little bit but then her her last relationship the guy she's married to now, who she's been married to for 17 years, not a famous actor, not a famous director, but a cameraman that she met on the set of her 2000 film, uh, The Mexican. Not a famous guy at all. It's kind of interesting, though, that like her, her, you know, her obviously her life, Julia Roberts life. Julia Roberts is not Anna Scott, you know, um there are differences um but it is cool that like i feel like you do see this sometimes that like really famous powerful women do end up with men who are lovely smart men that aren't you know as famous or powerful as they are but still really lovely people and like julia roberts ended up with this guy named Daniel Motor, who is a cameraman, and they've been in love for 17 years and married with three kids. I love it. I love it. Julia, to go back to your point about um, that rom-coms, right? Like they did have this sort of renaissance time and then they were sort of out culturally for a while, right? Where like famously they they weren't grossing as high anymore. They were sort of considered like lower brow entertainment. Um, the quality I, was going down. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, yes. And we talked about this um, on Oscar, our episode of Oscar Montoya, where it feels like we are having a new renaissance in rom-coms, but where rom-coms have traditionally been um, exclusive and that they've been uh, largely heterosexual and white. And um, therefore, like, sort of like in that vein become um like culture out, outgrows that because we know that like that's not the only story we want to see represented and that's not representative of life that now that um rom-coms are evolving to be closer to like culture that like people are are wanting that type of story again um yes yeah yeah that makes and, a lot of sense yeah and i think i think it's why movies like notting hill why even like i was like oh notting hill like yeah that's one of the classics it's you know it's classically older and i'm sure i won't like it and it's so good it's so, yeah it's, <laughs> it's so good and maybe it's too because like even though he might deny it richard curtis did end up bringing some of his own like real life into it and like we can see that in like the the grounded supporting characters and the fact that notting hill was a place where he lived and loved so much like you oh. can see you know the more grounded you can see like his reality in it and it feels grounded and real. Now guys, should we get into some of the 
yummy, yummy tropes that we have here in Notting Hill. I'm going to start off with uh, narrator. We have Hugh Grant narrating Mm. it at the top. Does an excellent job. I would also say there was a bad date montage where he goes on a bunch of bad (laughs) dates in a row. Those are two of my favorite uh, little tropes that I spotted. How about the time passing montage? Yes. In the market? yes. That yeah. was one shot. I loved that. I oh, loved yeah. that. It was so it was both cheesy and incredible. To add to those three, um, we've got uh, number four, the big cross city chase scene where Spike lovingly directs traffic. So there's usually a big, a big like you gotta chase, you gotta go get her, time's running out. So that's number four. Number five, a big romantic gesture when he comes in and pretends to be a journalist again. Mm-hmm. And asking about pretending he's from Horse and Hound again. Like, number six, uh, rom-coms often reference another rom-com. And this was super meta where it's like they referenced, they were watching like an Anna Scott film where she was like, it kind of looked like a rom-com. Yeah. Where, they, where she was like getting proposed to. Oh, yeah. yeah. How about um, also when the they go to bed with Gilda and they wake up with me? <gasps> oh, yes. my God. That was incredible. That, that. Uh, I read in a variety article that Julie Roberts like hated that line, but I I loved that and then the way it connects. So yeah, so that's that's at seven. Um, we had two meet cutes. Yeah. So that was yeah they they met cute in the store and then again he spills on her. Yeah. Uh, we have the hot mess BFF who's yes. Spike. <laughs> Spike. <laughs> uh. We have the two side characters who end up together, which I love, which yes. is Spike and the sister. Um, it ended in a wedding. It ended in a wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, the um, ending fake out for 12, which is, and again, I think we're seeing the ending fake out be created in front of our um, eyes where, right, one of the p- partners comes back. She comes back with the painting and says, I'm ready to be with you. And he goes, no. And then he like must undo it and go say yes. But I thought the um, barriers made so much sense where it's like she had been so mean and unfair to him. So it's like, he has to say no, like it really wouldn't make sense for it. But then he's scared that he's going to get his heart broken again. Yes. Which makes sense because like, it's hard for her to be in a relationship. Yeah. She's a movie star. (laughs) But then it, uh, then it works. Um, she does put on a men's big button-up shirt when she sleeps over. <laughs> she does. <laughs> oh, she does. So that's thirteen. Um, oh, does it does it count that she like? I feel like this happens a lot. She silently takes his advice to do the Henry yeah. James film. Oh, yes, yes, I think that happens a lot. Yes, like, I, do, I do think that's kind of a grand gesture. Right. Yes, that's a grand gesture. Yes, yes. yes. Um, absolutely. Oh, we had our first. I don't know if we've seen this yet in a rom com because we've been watching more contemporary ones. But uh, cut to the next morning after sex. Where <gasps> yes, I, <right? laughs> I loved seeing that. That was so lovely to see. Right, you start kissing and then we cut to the next morning. Um, so it's fifteen. Um, his friends are obsessed with his love life. Sixteen. How about her mean ex-boyfriend? Yes. Yes. An unfeeling, horrible ex. A one-sided ex. Yes. 17. 
you already said bad date montage. Oh, I got one that I want to get your guys' opinion on because okay, yes, we typically do right like one of the main characters, typically like the Hugh Grant prototype person has like a large home that they can't afford. And he does have a large, beautiful home. For, and he's it's like, gross, man. <laughs> I guess I guess. Is so gross. Okay, great, I, I, great. When I watched it, I was like, hell yeah. This is what a, a single dude's apartment looks like. It's so nasty. <laughs> There's okay. like pizza everywhere. There was like a stuffed animal dragon that was like by <laughs> Spike's room. And I was like, yeah, this reads so true. And it's so embarrassing for for uh, William when Anna comes over and his apartment is disgusting. <laughs> okay. Yes. That's why I wanted to check in. Okay. Good. Good. So that does There's not like count. not a bag <laughs> full of other plastic bags. Well, I I also think it's they in the movie they acknowledge that he can't afford it because he has his because he has Spike. Yes, you're yeah. right. He has a like, and and he bought it with his wife, so it's fair to say that like he had he was he had a stronger income before his divorce and now yes you're yeah so we're, we're not counting that okay so that's this is a real this is a grounded but portrayal. how about how about his quirky job i mean yes. that is a very quirky job <laughs> so quirky a travel bookstore <laughs> like not adorable <laughs> adorable oh absolutely so what that takes us to 18 or 19 yeah yeah i want to say 19 that's a decent amount. That's not that, bad. That is a really decent amount. What's the average of the movies that you guys... I mean, do you often break 20? That's my question. I I would say initially, we were hot out the gate between yeah. 20 and 30. And now it's like... Oh, cool. wow. Yeah. And now it's cooled off a bit. But I would say more traditional ones usually yeah. are around 20 or, high, or a little bit higher. And yeah, then okay. more indie ones... Or, um, yeah, more indie ones tend to be lower. Ali, does that sound right? That sounds, yeah, that sounds accurate. I'd say any rom-com made in the 90s usually has around 20. I think it is time to rate this rom-com. As of now, Julia, we have a list of top five rom-coms. And right now, they are Pretty Woman, Hitch, The Big Sick, 27 Dresses, and My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Now, if we so choose, today, we can put Notting Hill on that list, but... We all have to unanimously agree to vote off one of those top five uh, and replace it with. So, uh, y'all, what do we think? Should Notting Hill get a spot on the coveted top five? And if so, who should it knock off? I strongly feel that it should, first of all. Yes. I also agree that it should. I also think this deserves a spot in the top five. And we're getting in a tough place where now, Julia, we started with the top five highest grossing rom-coms of all time internationally. Uh-huh. And we've slowly replaced uh-huh. them with things we've watched. So Pretty Woman is the only original top grossing and the rest we've put on oh, wow. out of love. So yeah. now I think we're getting in that, that zone where we might have to kill some of our darlings. But let me say I came here prepared to do that. I, I, I believe that Pretty Woman should stay. Yeah. Pretty Woman should stay. IMHO. Yeah. yeah. I, I I would agree. I Okay. Okay. Well, you disagree, that, Allie. Why? That was the I'm one interested. that that was the one that I was going to take off <laughs> the list. <laughs> um, 
which is interesting. Um, here's the thing. Obviously, Julia Roberts should be on this list. She is a rom-com queen. Um, and, but I think that Notting Hill is a better film than, or I, I prefer Notting Hill, Notting Hill to Pretty Woman, just because I like the refreshing, uh, the ref- uh, the refreshing. What did I say? Reversal of uh, character or like uh, gender roles. And that I like that mm. Julia Roberts in this film is a strong woman who chooses Hugh Grant and uh, and that she is in a powerful position. And I think that it's refreshing and unique um, and very well done versus Pretty Woman definitely while a great film and while Richard Gere and Julia Roberts have incredible chemistry together, undeniable chemistry, uh, I it does have that so that an older vibe to it in which like Richard Gere chooses Julia and is in more like a, a typical dominant role. And I like uh, how, uh, you know, in Notting Hill, Julia Roberts, the, the female is in the more dominant role. Okay, mm. not as not really articulately said, but that no. is why. No, very articulate. No. Ali, Ellie, it was so articulate that it. Oh, you guys, me, that it convinced me <laughs> that I think I know because well now it got me thinking that I actually think since Pretty Woman is the last vestige of the top grossing films, that I think we should put Notting Hill in Pretty Woman's place and then give Pretty Woman the opportunity down the road to get back on when we watch it and then see if oh, it Oh, that's a great off. point. Yeah. Yes. So then we, we, and then it can, um, Pretty Woman can come back and face the top five and see if it. Okay. So you guys have, have you watched Pretty Woman recently? No. It, I, in college. So it's been a while. Yeah. You guys might like it. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean- I was, real, I want, I'm excited to listen to your Pretty Woman episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's we'll, we'll, we'll definitely do it. But yeah, so now I am in the camp of Notting Hill replaces Pretty Woman, and then we send Pretty Woman back into the gauntlet. Pretty Woman gets its time to shine later. I yeah. love it. Makes perfect sense. All right. Yeah. So Julia, there's no pressure. It does have to be unanimous, but there's no pressure. <laughs> Julia, there's I'm, no pressure at all. No, I'm pressure. on board. I'm on board only because you have assured me that Pretty Woman will get its time to shine. I one hundred get a fair not. shot at this top five. It yeah. will. It, abs- it absolutely will. Then um, it is unanimous. Ah, Maddie Hill is yeah! in the top five. Yay! Wow! Bravo! Bravo! Wow. Okay, so guys, now I think it's time for a little reality check. Um, In this segment, we like to test out the tropes and plot devices and rom-coms we've just watched to see how they hold up in the real world. Now, in Notting Hill, we see the great example of the trope of the famous high-status person falls in love with the charm of a normal person. We see this trope in other rom-coms, such as How to Win a Date with Tad Hamilton, The Prince and Me, and The Long Shot. But guys, does this trope happen in real life, or is it just a rom-com fantasy? Here's what I will say. I had an experience once that was... (gasps) Oh my god. Kind of... (laughs) 
not not you know exactly similar to this but I was fresh out of college I was working um at Mel's Diner in West Hollywood and I was a cashier during the graveyard shift oh my god I'm so sorry from like 10 p.m to like 6 a.m in that kind of area and um uh because Mel's Diner is one of the few restaurants that was open 24 hours, um, a lot of people who would be partying throughout the night would then come um, and eat a lot of diner food when they were drunk. And one night, uh, Busta Rhymes came in <laughs> to <laughs> the Mel's Diner. And uh, he came in with his entourage and... He was flirting with some women and he was like buying them all meals. And his manager came up to me and was like, <sighs> I just have to tell you that you have the prettiest smile. Um, and he was like, my name is special. And he was like, here's my card. Here's my number. I'm going to a Kanye party tomorrow night and uh, you should <sighs> call me if you want to come along. <laughs> oh my god. I was like 22 at the time and I was like, "Oh no, I have improv practice tomorrow night." <laughs> I can't I can't come and he was really nice about it, but I was just I should have gone. I just I I don't know what I was thinking, but I think part of it is like you I don't know. I probably didn't have enough confidence in myself at the time to be like, yes, I am worthy of this person's, you know, affection and attention. But at the time I was like, I'm not worthy of this man or this party. Um, And that thing that she says, Julia Roberts says, like, you know, fame is just a thing. You know, it's really hard to get over. And it was hard. I was starstruck and I couldn't. I couldn't get over that. So I would say reality check. Uh, it's hard. It's hard. <laughs> I don't <Wait>. know. I don't <laughs> know if this would happen in real I life. Think it's, I think it depends how you define a normal person. Because like, you know, uh, Emma Watson's new boyfriend <laughs> is not a famous person, but he's like, a rich successful businessman or something yeah. and and didn't wasn't Carrie Russell married to like a normal person oh that she before left for her American that she left co-star? yes mhm um and of course Julia Roberts and Danny Motor yeah, yeah Margot Robbie married some fucking PA on one of her <gasps> sets oh my god wait really? what Yes, that I don't is- know how they met, but it is um like he was a very not important person on the set. Yes. I, I- didn't know that she was married even. <laughs> <laughs> I think okay. a distinction Tom for the Macrally. I think an interesting distinction for this trope, Julia, that you have sort of pointed out is I do think it has to be like class difference, right? Where it's like, if you're Mm -hmm. a famous person and you marry like a billionaire, it's like, you're sort of like, um, you're still in the same class. Like there's no Cinderella aspect of that. 
But yeah, like, I was a cashier and he was, yeah. you know, a very talented talent agent. Yes. Got like, that is parties. like, yeah, that is like a different minimum wage. Yes. And I think, <laughs> I think the element is that there's a fantasy element, right? Of like, yeah. what if this beautiful, famous person loved me a nobody? <laughs> okay, her husband. Her husband was an assistant director. Oh my god! Oh my god! You guys love it. I Does love this it. make I, it real? It makes <laughs> it real. <laughs> that makes it so real. That's that is the real movie because that's because Margaret real Robbie Nottingham. was like the hottest, like one of the hottest people in the in, the, in like I, like ever. In ever. <laughs> wow. <laughs> She's one of the hottest people in ever. Yes. But here's <laughs> here's what I'll say. I think, right, this trope, it's like when you are the Hugh Grant, right? It's like you do have to have like the self-worth to accept yeah. it. Because like in Allie's story or in the Or fight, to reject it, like at <gasps> in the fake ending of Notting Hill. Yeah. yeah. It's like in the fake out. Because mm-hmm. I'll I'll give this reality check. It doesn't really count, but it is, I think, a microcosm of the larger um the larger fantasy which is that when i was a freshman in high school i had a <gasps> massive crush on this senior boy who had no idea who i was <laughs> like, like we well, there was no connections like and he was like nah i don't think he would have been like at, like at all. i wasn't allowed to date older but he definitely would have been i don't think a like a he was like i think he was like a, like a big stoner and like not that there's anything wrong with that but like uh just i think we were like in different places we were just in different places i think he was like really, really cool but i was like feeling i was like oh my god this total bad boy i want him he has no idea who i am and he out of nowhere like we've never met messaged me on facebook and just <gasps> said hey what's up and i freaked out and oh. i messaged back did you accidentally send this to me? Mia! Mia! What did he say back? What did he say back to that? He never responded. Oh, gosh. Oh, so I God. think you have to play it cool. You have to, I mean, I think that was probably the right, you know, course yeah, you, I've had to take, but. You have to hold your own against I, it and be like, Hey, yeah, I I am worthy to be here amongst you. I am exactly. just as good as you are. Not saying that you, yeah, like yeah. If wow. you're the mortal, you have to be like I am worth living. You know, they do a really good like more mortals and gods moment analogy. Yeah, so I uh, did not have the confidence to <laughs> to uh, date the high status person, but um, you know, it just wasn't my time. It just wasn't my time. But I think it checks out, right? Yeah, I think I think I think it does happen. Yeah. If if you have the strength, you know, <laughs> if you have the self worth, if you have the self worth, you know, which like, which look, me yeah. and I obviously don't have. <laughs> Allie and I, cannot, we cannot get the high status. <laughs> Both of those stories are so wild. <laughs> Improv practice, <laughs> and she said this to me by accident. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, well, thank you so much for joining us today, Julia. Um, oh my gosh, thanks for having me. Oh, Do you have any social media things to promote or important romance advice for our listeners? <gasps> oh my gosh, <laughs> I truly have so much romance advice. Oh my I, yes! you just 
blew my brain up. I don't know. Oh. You, you know what? You can learn a lot of you can learn a lot of my romance advice by listening to Honey. That's oh, where that's I great. learned a lot of it. Where I interview couples about fights that they've had. Oh my gosh! Yes, that's amazing. My main romance advice is you need to be with someone that you trust has your best interests at heart. Maybe mm. even more than you have your best interests at heart. And then you will never fight because you will believe that they are always right because they have your best interests mm. at heart. That's the main thing I learned from Honey. Oh, I That's love amazing. that. That's amazing. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Drunk Actress. <laughs> and I don't have anything to plug right now. I'm plugging I'm plugging Outlander. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We have a new episode out every week. And remember to like, subscribe, and rate. And we are brought to you by Campfire Media. And uh PS, I love rom coms. I love rom coms. <laughs> yes. I love rom-coms. I love rom-coms. Hi, I'm Muriel. And I'm Nick. And we are the co-hosts of the podcast Hella, Hella in Your Thirties. This podcast is all about diets, hobbies. Never dying. Never dying. Fitbits. I'm going to try to moisturize my face more. Yeah, alcohol. Should we drink more or less? <laughs> Cheap Chipotle dates for two. We bring you hot episodes every Monday from Campfire Media, so make sure to subscribe on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. Campfire. <laughs>